Hello, fellow kids, and welcome to episode 24. Pretty sure we're going to go 24. It's the Jack Bauer episode. Yeah, this episode is going to take 24 hours. We'll be lucky if it's minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so for, uh, for this episode, we read Heavy Vinyl, Riot on the Radio, created and written by Carly... Uzdin, Uzdin, penciled by Nina Vaqueva, inked by Irene Flores, colored by Rebecca Nolte, uh, with some extra help from Kieran Quigley and Walter Biamonte, lettered by Jim Campbell. I like shouting out all of those things once I realized, now, now that I've been reading more like single issue comics, which I didn't do until a couple few years ago, I didn't realize how much the inker and the letter and stuff can really like affect your experience reading something. So now I actually try to pay more attention to those things. So we've done graphic novels in the past for this, but this is the first time that we're doing one that was originally single issues. So this is a trade collecting the four issues of this story arc of heavy vinyl. Um, they aren't doing any more issues, but they are releasing a sequel graphic novel, which is called Y2KO. Uh, and I believe it's still scheduled to come out later this month, March 2020. So if you guys think this sounds cool, uh, we would encourage you to pick that up. I believe it's still being published through Boom Studios for the sequel as well. This is a... Boombox. Boombox, there yeah. we go. Which I believe is their slightly more all-ages brand. Most of the Boom stuff is pretty all-ages, but this is like more definitely skewed that way. But yeah, uh, what did you think of it? All right, so this comic is, um, like, teen girls in 1998, which is around the time I've, I've said a few times where I was a teenager. Yeah. And like, about, so uh, this has brought back, like, good memories. Yeah. And uh, they all work at it like a, a record slash CD. There's CDs here. Mm -hmm. um, and cassettes, I think, probably. probably. <laughs> and uh, back, back when that was still, like, a viable thing, because this, this is well before Napster, so this was still like an industry that could you could actually make a living selling. Yes, yeah. I I thought it was super cute, and I read the four issues, and I was I was like, okay, I guess I'll start with these. That's fun. And I got to the fourth one, and I was like, all right, great jumping off point. I need to look into you know getting the rest of these. And that's when I looked at, and they're like, oh, the series was canceled. And I guess I should have caught into that because I was kind of because the original title of the single issues was high five fight club. And I think we're like two issues in when they randomly changed the title to heavy vinyl. So if the, the title's changing, right. And it's just like, Oh, is this, was this struggling? Yeah. Yeah, it was, but it's fun. It's cute. I, uh, it's a good beginning. Cause I wasn't satisfied with it just being a story. I was very happy when you told me that the, um, there's going to be a sequel, a squeakle, as I like saying, <laughs> So, Because yeah. you're a big fan of the Alvin and the Chipmunks live action films? I just think Squeakle's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one thing I want to touch on before we even really get into it is, so takes place in 1998, which I totally wasn't born yet because I'm only 12 now, but if I had been born, I probably would have been like five or so. I was 13. So I don't remember a whole <laughs> lot about that. Uh, but 1998 and a lot of these characters are either in same-sex relationships or uh, interracial couplings and things like that. And this story does not, at least this volume, does not really in any way explore the challenges of that. It doesn't, it does not take that into account. So you can read that as either kind of just using the 90s aesthetic for the fun of it, or you can read it as being kind of a more idyllic version of that sort of thing. Um, but my understanding is that it wouldn't be quite as easy for them to be so open about the this. The interracial one would have been fine, but yeah. being gay at that time was a little rougher. I was so closeted at that time that I wasn't Yeah. I wasn't acknowledging any feelings I was having. Like, I was having lots of them for Gwen Stefani, but I couldn't... Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't articulate that. I was that I was that Marge Simpson meme. I just think she's neat, is, like, what was happening there. So that... Uh, I was just all like, oh, how's this girl... Because that's... I think maybe they're, like, recognizing that, because that's why Chris is kind of, like, kind of carefully... Like, like, the main girl has a crush on the um, a 
a co-worker named Maggie who's very like open and bubbly and just like easily affectionate and stuff and she's just like is she affectionate with everyone is she affectionate with me specifically for a reason it does I see her flirting with boys but then it seems like she's using that energy to speak to me like that so what's happened you know she, yeah so there's that confusion there um, yeah, different world. It was a different world. Um, we had like Eminem just saying shitty stuff about using gay like pejoratively and then defending it because it doesn't mean gay people. I'm like, okay, but it does mean that. So could you stop? So that's like where my dislike of him really cements from because like I felt hurt by that. So that's he did I, finally stop. It took him a lot did. longer. It but took he, him a long time he, to stop. But it. he has but acknowledged he that. Yeah. He always he, he just defended awkwardly. Be like, to me, gay doesn't mean like like fag doesn't mean gay person. And I was like, okay, but in this context, it does. So can yeah. you just stop? Yeah. And I think, and that's why I really resented that performance of Stan with um, Elton John because it was supposed to be like, see, see, I'm like that did nothing. What was what am I supposed to see that you could? That you like defiantly held his hand up, just all like, no, no, you can't say nothing. I'm like, I can say what I want. So that that was I had a lot of issues with Marshall Mathers. Yeah, he's mellowed out a lot, so that's good. He needed to. You can't have that level of like what he had at that time. And anyway, yeah. So that's what you're facing all the time because there was all these oh, all these boys that just were like that. And then he was just like the spokesperson for them, even though he could argue I was playing a character, blah, 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 but it felt real to them. And then they felt empowered and safe to act like that as well. So I think that is the, well, I know he's also was always like, I'm not a role model. Yeah. Like, I never said I was a role model. Okay. But you've become one and you need to acknowledge that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm finally like articulating what, like Josh has always been all like Eminem and I'm like, I go, I hate that guy. Anyway, I'm just saying in the context of yeah. that time, that's what was going yeah. on. So these girls, so that her hesitance and everything, like, I think that's still like in play now, but I think it was more a slippery kind of situation then. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring up an interesting point. Like, is this just an idyllic version of the nineties, which I think you might've hit on. I think, I think you might be right. With that, it was just like, yeah. let's just the, use the aesthetic for fun, but have, like, our sensibilities now, like, 20 years later. Yeah. To, for it to be better. Yeah. Because when I first started reading it, I had seen the cover, and I thought it looked really cute. Um, and so I picked it up, and I started reading it, and I did not know a whole lot about what the story was going to turn into. So when I was first reading it, it was just kind of doing this, like, the slice of life working at a record store. And then I noticed that, you know, there was a lot of, like you know, like LGBT themes and stuff like that, that weren't really being addressed in the way that I would have expected from that time frame. I was a little kind of, I was kind of thrown off by that. But then once I saw what the series was aiming to do, I was like, okay, that's not really the point of it. Yeah. Um, and it's already in this f sort of fantasy element anyway. So there, it's okay to just kind of be like, you know what, you should have that conversation, but it doesn't go here. No. You can have it somewhere else. They wanted to tell a different story. So yeah. it's just, they're like, you're just, we're just going to accept this and move on. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, okay. I'm good with that too. <laughs> so uh, we did this a little bit differently from how we normally do things. I didn't plan for this to be an episode of the podcast, but I started reading it and I was like, I mean, this fits in our wheelhouse and uh, we were having some challenges with scheduling uh, and having time to record and then edit another episode for March. And I was like, I'm already halfway through this. Why don't we just make it the, cause it took like 30 minutes to read. Yeah. I was like, let's just make this an episode. So what I have is a little more bare bones synopsis, but we'll still go into it cause we have the text with us. So, right, right, right. uh, yeah. So the main character is Chris. She is 16. She's a grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she's 16, it's 1998, and she has just started working at the local record store, Vinyl Destination. Her co-workers include Kennedy, who's like the cool one who keeps trying to help her find better music. Dolores, who goes by D, who's the goth that, you know, doesn't seem to care for Chris that much. Uh, the manager, Irene, and then uh, Maggie, who's the cute bubbly one that she has a crush on. They're going to be hosting... Is this in the first issue that they're going to be hosting the concert? Yeah, uh, she lets them know about it. Uh, yeah, and she, she's splitting up, and Irene like tells them like the band arrives at noon, and like split divvying up the jobs for everybody. 
but Chris doesn't have a job. He's like, you can just clock out and go home. And Chris is like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she still feels like she's getting kind of like, like she's not really part of the group. Um, She still feels like she's kind of this other um, because she's the new one. But she did get, um, get to be impressive with the boss because there was a girl who's picking up like a, um, she was picking up like a Lauren Hill album and then this really annoying guy's like, Lauren Hill sucks. And then Kennedy's just like, I'm, I'm about to get in there and kill him. When Chris is like, dude, this album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 and broke a record for first week sales by a female artist, which means Lauren Hill does not suck, but you do. Get out of our store and don't come back. And the guy's like, your, your mom sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but it, it was kind of like the, and the whole bus clapped sort of moment where it was like, yeah. it like, this is, this is what I mean about it being kind of like an, like a magic idyllic sort of situation. And then like, trips them on the way out. Yeah. And the, and the boss is like impressive. And I was yeah. like, no boss would have said that. They'd say like, you need Yeah. And it's like, nobody is going to like cheer about you kicking somebody out of a music store for having a music opinion. Like I, I get that Lauren Hill is, you know, important and, and stuff like that. And I'm not going to disagree with that opinion. I'm just saying that that's not really how record stores work. So when I first started reading this, and I didn't know that it was kind of, being... I would have handled it differently. I would have completely ignored the guy standing there and been all like, that record is super awesome. You'll particularly like track such and such and just like, just phase him. That's the best way to do it. It's like, yeah. we're not even going to acknowledge you right, right now. Yeah. That's, that's how you diffuse that. And yeah. Until that guy goes away. I want to. Yes. This is a story. Yes. That's not quite like this, but it's the is same. Is this a story all about how your life got flipped, turned upside down? No. Okay. Thanks. But once um, I was at a bus station um, this is when I lived in Bellingham, which is, uh, like a college town and it's a very like lefty, like liberal kind of area, very crunchy granola, woo woo. Like we're all, that's how we are. <laughs> so it's no surprise that there was a boy walking around the bus station with a big sign saying peace, like world peace, you know, like yeah. stop war or something like that. And this older man marches up to him and starts telling him the impracticalities of not having war in the world. It, it plays purpose sometimes, but I mean, when people say like peace, like world peace, they don't mean like never. Like never disagree, never. Yeah. They're just, they're not being completely, let's all just hold hands, you know? Right. But they're just saying like this constant militant society we have yeah. is destroying us. All this money that could be used to make our society better is going to be funneled into that. That's mostly what the peace movement is. Is. Right. So anyway, this old man comes up and starts mar- and marches up to him, and just like blah, 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 and just like um, yelling at him about the peace and stuff. And the guy just standing there with his board, like whatever, old man, look on his face. And then um, I'm sitting on a bench, kind of like watching this happen. And across the way, there's another bench where there is um, a woman who's probably who was probably my age or a little bit older. She's probably in her 30s or so. It had a little girl with her, and then. A few feet down the bench was this chubby little goth girl, like had her earbuds in. I thought she wasn't part of the conversation, but the woman looks over and, and goes like, "No, peace every day. Give peace a chance. Like you should always want peace." And little fucking goth girl looks up and goes, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and the old man just kind of looks all befuddled, and then the woman starts singing "One Love" by Bob Marley, <laughs> and then the um old man looks at the boy holding the sign and goes, I'm going to go over there. And then like walked away. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just sitting there like, what just happened? (laughs) So those moments do sometimes happen. It's just, it's, (laughs) it feels unreal while it's happening. Yeah. That is, that was like a film. Right. (laughs) Like what happened? (laughs) Little goth girl, I loved you. I thought she she was just zoned up, but she was just sitting there with like her little earbuds in, was like just taking note of everything in her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the thing that's going on that uh, she kind of wishes she could be more of a part of is that they're going to be hosting an in store performance by the band Stego Sour. <laughs> uh, I like that name. Yeah. <laughs> I like seeing what, uh, like, fake band names and stuff people can come up with. What was the one that we read where I was really excited to look at all the fake... Ghosts. It was, like, the title of all the fake movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sort of stuff's always fun for me. So, the band arrives, and... They don't have their lead singer, who's the main draw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, her name... What Her Rosie. name is... Rosie 
R- riot rosie the rosie the rioter rosie <laughs> yeah rosie riot yeah. um and she's <laughs> rosie the rioter she, we can rock it <laughs> she is the band she's yeah. the, she's the amy lee of evanescence where you point at amy lee and you're like look it's evanescence she's the gwen stefani <laughs> yeah, no doubt yeah. no doubt you're like wait this isn't no doubt well they're all like shut up we are no doubt I'm we are no doubt the world that's all that you let me pay. I love Zay. Sorry, I'm not home right now. I'm walking into spiderwebs. Leave a message and I'll call you back. Uh, <laughs> Unlikely story, but leave a message and I'll call you back. <laughs> or like how Haley Williams is Paramore, and none of none of Basically, these yeah. none of these are uh, particularly recent examples. But... Mine was. Oh I, no, I thought you meant for the time period. Oh. No, yours, yeah, yours is accurate for the time period, but yeah, good point. But yeah, they're missing their, uh, their lead singer, and that's a problem. So they cancel the thing and just say that the band has food poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, because then they're like, ah, well, I don't want them here puking, so, yeah. all right. Yeah, the whole- And doesn't the- Chris come in with, like, like, suggestions of, someone comes in when they hear about the food poisoning, and they're like, okay, here's what you gotta do. Yeah, she's, what? And she comes in like- um, I got that last year at White Castle. I can't even watch your commercials. <laughs> okay. All oh, those little square patties. Why are they squares? And then it's like, Chris, they don't have food poisoning. Also, gross. <laughs> so they lock up the store. And then they tell Chris that Rosie's actually missing. And then like, missing? Where is she? And Dolores goes, we don't know. That's literally the definition of missing. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris gives her this good like, will you just shut up? Look. And then that's when they're all like, that. Uh, that's when we're like, okay, we're gonna reveal your secret to you, and then we don't have we have to hide anymore. So yeah, they so... have like this jukebox that they swing open, <laughs> and it goes down the flight of stairs. And then they're all like, "Welcome to the real vinyl destination. We're a fight club, a teen girl fight club, a secret teen girl vigilante fight club." And Chris is just like, <laughs> "What?" Yeah. So <laughs> she had noticed that like they would stay late. Uh, after she would, like, everybody else would stay on, on the clock, but she would get sent home, and then she'd leave, and she would see them, like, like, punching and kicking boxes and stuff, and she's like, what is, what is this? And she... Excuse me. Excuse me. I am Confucian. Explain. And she, and she was like, maybe they're in a band. That's probably what it is. They're in a band, and they don't want to tell me that they're in the band, because they don't want me to be disappointed about the fact that they don't need me in the band. And then they're like, surprise, we're actually a Vigilante Fight Club. And like I said, I hadn't read much about this. So when I got to that, I was like, huh, this is not the comic I thought I was reading. <laughs> chapter uh, that's the, Yeah, so that's the, the end. That's of, the end of chapter one is the big reveal of their yes, fight club. It's the one. So uh, Chris is invited to join because she now knows the secret. And Irene's glad that she doesn't have to fire her. Yeah. Um. And, but she starts to do some training and she's like, I don't know if I can do this. I haven't punched anybody for any reason, let alone for justice. <laughs> and then uh, Dolores is, she's giving her a really hard time about it. And everybody else is like, why are you, what's like, your problem? Mello, mello <laughs> <laughs> so she leaves and she's all kind of sulky at home. Um, and then uh, Maggie calls and is like, hey. Why don't we go out and get some like chili fries or something? What is it? it's like cheesy fries or chili fries or something? Like it's and she's like, is this a date? I don't know if this is a date. I mean, like cheese fries. She's probably gone and gotten cheese fries with other people. It's probably not that big of a deal. So they go and they have some bonding time over the the fries, and then they go outside and they're walking. They're walking past the store, and uh, past Vinyl Destination, and they see some people acting suspicious out there and they're like hey what the heck so maggie leaps into action yeah and help me up into that tree (laughs) (laughs) and like jumps and and ties them all up and then uh when she finally gets a good look at them which how did you tie everybody up without knowing who you were tying up but that's beside the point that's dark because until they shine the lights on their faces and she realizes that it's the rest of the band of uh stego sour and where's Rosie? Um, was there anything that happened in their little chit-chat at the yes, restaurant? Yes, because uh, Maggie's like, I'm not really sure what I want to get. What are you going to get? And then like Chris is like, well, when I can't decide, I usually make food hands. <laughs> mimes eating different foods to find out yeah. what she actually wants to do. Does, does eating something with two hands coming to my mouth feel right? Or is it more of like a, a one hand and a dipping motion? Which of these feels correct? <laughs> and a steak or chicken parm would look like this. So like, <laughs> yeah. Cutting away at something. 
yeah, I kind of, I don't do food hands, but I kind of think about like, what do I really, is chewing kind of big in my, what I, is that something big I want to be doing right now? If not, how about some soup? You know, yeah. like, that's kind of my like food hands. Yeah. My decision. It's, it's the step up from just opening a fridge and staring for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more, uh, it's more energy efficient. <laughs> so issue three, they need somebody to watch the the band and uh chris is like i'll do it i'll be helpful i can i can do that because it doesn't involve punching and while she's watching them she decides to uh chat them up and asks about what it was like working with uh rick blaze who is uh this big time producer and they give this these very excited answers and she pauses because it sounds very familiar and she goes and she she's she's been like following this band for a while Mm -hmm. um and she goes and gets like basically rolling stone magazine when they did an interview and no hang on is the the, the uh, thing is called spinned instead of spin okay <laughs> is it spun it's spin magazine spin is magazine thing, yes. yeah but they but the the um the magazine this is called spinned okay <laughs> <laughs> um and it turns out that they gave like word for word the same response so and like spooky. yeah it's like it's beyond just the here's the can response because i know people are gonna ask all the time it's like that that's an inhumanly accurate and she's like with each of the boys chiming in their specific line yeah like it's every like, time there's something up here um, and they're not saying it like it's a script yeah they're, they're, they're the same level of enthusiasm and everything it isn't like he is the best yeah and then, and then like kind of rolling their eyes yeah. or whatever it's just it feels very like they were hypnotized yeah because it like it comes out of their head like oh this is totally how i want to respond like there aren't they aren't aware that they responded that exact same way already yeah so then later, uh, Chris goes home and starts listening to their music, and uh, she notices that the lyrics might have sort of a double meaning. Yeah. Jam Once out. upon a time there was nothing. Yeah. Then a big bang gave us something. Yeah. Evolution is our revolution. Read between the lines. Read between the lines. It's our code from long ago. And then she's like, whoop. And she gets the idea to, like, look at the lyrics. So she goes, yeah, she goes and looks at the liner notes. And... There's a code in the liner notes. A f- code. A freaking code. <laughs> Hey, Chris. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's like a cipher. And I kind of am surprised that nobody else had figured this out. Because, like, I mean, obviously, they aren't. nobody else is trying it's to find Rosie. Uh... But, like, that's totally something I would do. Is, like, if I saw that there were, like, bolded letters or capitals or something in lyrics, I would spend more time than I would probably want to admit trying to figure out the pattern there. But anyways, she uh, they eventually figure out that uh, it translates to coordinates to a uh, an apartment address in New York City. And so they're like, let's go on a road trip and don't worry about skipping school because this is what real vigilantes do. <laughs> um, the night before they head out, they see another band being interviewed about Rick Blaze and they give some responses about working with him that sound very familiar. Yes. They're absolutely identical to uh, what Stego Sour said. And it's even weirder because they're like, because Kennedy's like, that doesn't sound like them at all. And then Maggie's like, and they never do interviews. And Dolores is like, yeah, they're a hardcore band. What is this crap? They're like a band that uh, the other Chris, the Chris from Tall the Boys I Loved Before, would be into. Felt Someone tip. like Felt Tip. Someone like Felt Tip, <laughs> right. Um, and also in this chapter is when uh, Chris finally talks to Dolores to be like, why do you why do you hate me? What did I do? And she's like, oh, um, it's not your fault. She's uh, Dolores's whole identity at the store was like being the new girl, and she was like, didn't like that someone else had come in, and plus, um, like Chris found out a lot sooner about the Fight Club than Dolores did. Yeah, so she just kind of she just feels kind of pushed aside or whatever, which I can't really relate to because I oh I've always hated. The identity of being the new person, and I've yeah. always been grateful that the new person came on. Like they're the new person right. now. Good. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, D kind of felt like Chris didn't have to pay her dues the way that she did, and she's that's kind of part of where it's coming from. Is like it's not fair that you got to know about this really cool thing after just like a few weeks, whereas it took, it me, took like, me three, three months. months. Yeah. Well, I think it's mostly because of her person, Dolores's personality. Yeah. You know, like, can we trust her to even care? Right. Is she a team player? Is she a team player? You know, she's a she's, she's, goth girl. She's the Batman. Do you know yeah. if Batman's actually going to work with you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is in the Super Friends, but is he really that friendly? <laughs> 
So they head out to New York and uh, they go to the address and they go down into the spooky basement and then they get jumped. But it turns out that it's Rosie and her female uh, roadies and they're part of this network of girl squad vigilantes because it's like Code Violet or something. Is that what they say? Oh, Code Code Violet. Stop. Code Violet. We're on the same side. What? I should have known. Our operation is a lot bigger than you think. Yeah. So, turns out they're part of the same network, and they have been investigating the label that Stegosaur is, like, signed to. They have been kind of working on the inside to try and get to the bottom of what's going on here. And it turns out that the label has been, uh, like, embedding chips into the musicians and brainwashing them, which is why you see the bands giving these... Robotic, response. yeah, yeah weird responses. But then D just happens to be able to create an electromagnetic pulse. I don't remember if she she brought like some sort of thing that she reworked from like a remote control or something. But she uses that to basically disrupt the chip in uh, the minds of Stegosaur. So that's kind of, that's kind of like the end of this first little thing. Is they they've is that's why it's so like I had to look up to see if they ever got around to announcing a sequel before I started reading this, because I would have been really disappointed if that's where it ended. Because yeah. basically what happens is they're just like, this thing goes deeper than you think. Yeah, and then, it goes all the way to the top. And then, and then that's it. <laughs> it goes, yeah, it goes all the way down to the top. And then Chris and Maggie start dating, and Rick Blaze announces that he's looking for a new band to produce, and the girls are like, hey, you want to start a band? Yeah. And so you're like, oh man, what's this big cover-up that's going on? And... I want to hear about their band and I want to know like how deep does the rabbit hole go? And then like, it just ends. And so if they hadn't announced it, I probably would have been like, I'm just not gonna, cause if I get invested in it and then that's all I get, I'm going to be really bummed. Uh, which is kind of what Mara was dealing with yeah, for a while there. I was like, wow, this sucks. And then Josh is like, there's going to be a sequel. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> cause it's like we're opening the door to all this cool stuff and the show, uh, show, and then the title was canceled. Yeah, but yeah. So the fact that there's more going on there is what really got me stoked for this. Uh, but yeah. So as we expected, this was going to be a pretty short little discussion on it. Um, <laughs> it's fun. It's pretty simple. I like the art. I like the art as well. Uh, I liked it a lot better once I got on board with exactly what it was trying to do. Because like I said, since I didn't know what was going on, I was kind of thrown off by the tone of it. But then once I got into what they were doing, somebody said that it's basically um, that old cartoon, not that old, but um, the cartoon Totally Spies. Okay, um, I never watched that. Yeah. So, I was thinking like Empire Records <laughs> was what it kind of reminded me of. <laughs> I love that movie. Go watch that movie if you haven't watched Which Empire Records. Uh, it. They all work in the record store. Oh, okay. It has Liv Tyler in it and um, Renee Zellweger. And they have an important artist come in, his, uh, Rex Manning. And uh, they have to get ready for him. And like Liv Tyler isn't working that day, but she comes in the day because she's like a huge fan of his from like, and he's kind of becoming like a has been. Okay. So that's probably why he's appearing at their record store, which isn't like a tower records or anything, but that's the thing that like the store is being bought by a corporate, you know, overlord or whatever. Yeah. They franchise them. So they're going to become part of the chain. But what they like is just being an independent store and just getting to dress how they want and everything. Yeah. And be themselves. And, um, uh, even Embry's in it and it's just like it's like a really good cast and it has like one of my favorite lines in the movie where uh one of the characters like glued all these quarters to the floor and they caught the shoplifter and they're holding on to him all day I don't quite remember the reasoning for that but um they, they say what's your name and he sarcastically tells them it's Warren Beatty so they call him Warren through the whole movie and he's very <laughs> irritated by that so we never actually know what his name is and anyway so He's in that back room with all, and he's like trying to pick up the quarters, and he's like, "Who glued these quarters to the floor?" And the, and this uh, guy goes like, "I did," and he and he goes like, "What for, man?" And he goes like, "I don't feel the need to explain my art to you, Warren." <laughs> so I always like saying, "I don't feel the need to explain my art to you, Warren," for anytime someone asks me why I did something weird. <laughs> That's pretty good. What was that? I don't know. Okay, I heard it again. How scary it would have been if it knocked back. <laughs> <laughs> we just, this episode leaves, so that's going, ah! 
run running out and like the mouse that was living in the box comes out and goes check one one two <laughs> yeah that's what i was listening to in 1998 hansen hey uh let's um i'm gonna look up hansen really quick um <laughs> which one were they <laughs> hansen. three brothers hansen isaac taylor and zach which one was the best one um taylor okay he was the middle one who was the lead singer um, but my friend picked him, so I had to pick someone else. <laughs> I love that logic of, like, <laughs> we can't both have the same favorite, because what if they somehow come to our suburb and want to date us little children? We were the same age. Taylor was 14, and we were uh, 12. Zach was 11. And Isaac was 16. 16! He was a grandmother! <laughs> he was my friend Alicia's favorite. Their eleventh uh, album came out in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Uh huh. They're still. They have like eight million children between the three of them. They do. Uh, Taylor has like six. I think each of the other brothers have three. Isaac has three or three. four. Taylor has six. Mm-hmm. Zach has four. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that's a lot. Uh, they there were um seven or eight kids in their family. So that's what they come from and is normal to them. They'd probably look askance at someone was like, we have two kids, we're fine. And being like, what? You need to have a whole mob. How else are you going to form a band? There was another band that I, I like looking up the like supposed one hit wonders and seeing what They've their career. They've actually had like more yeah. career stuff than yeah. you realize. Which I'd just like to take a moment to say that even though I don't really listen to their stuff anymore, I have a lot of respect for Backstreet Boys for staying a consistent thing. I think that's pretty rad. I like Backstreet Boys. Backstreet's back. All right. Oh my god, we're back again. Actually, it's really fun. That Just stop everything right now and watch the, um, <laughs> what was it? The Billboard Awards performance where the new kids on the block first met like teamed up with backstreet boys uh-huh it's really funny to watch that because uh like the whole audience is just losing their collective shit so then that's how they kind of became a thing because it was i think it was just supposed to be like a goof like yeah not, like, not a goof goof you know but like this will be a fun thing yeah they kind of combine like the two big um boy, band. boy bands yeah. from different eras that wouldn't have performed together ever yeah um because new kids on the block came first and i remember thinking it was particularly funny in that performance because the new kids had their shit together better than the backstreet boys did i mean the backstreet boys didn't show their ass or anything but the thing about new kids on the block is that they've very consistently been performing like every year they have a cruise and uh with fans it's like new kids on the block cruise Mm -hmm. it's just a whole cruise ship that's new kids on the block and all these fans and they have like events and like all these meet and greets and stuff so I thought their harmonies, their harmonies singing together was a lot tighter than Backstreet Boys. It's like they've been doing this really consistently. So it just it just flowed better for them than I thought it did with Backstreet because I don't think I think at that point they hadn't been singing together in a while. So yeah. they kind of tried to, but they did when they had sung together. They sung together for quite some time, so they were able to kind of fall back into it. So it wasn't like a shit show or anything. It just it was not as tight as uh, New Kids. N K O T B S B. Yeah. I remember my ex getting angry, though, because he said that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's New Kids on the the Block block Street street Boys. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, it just... Because then they go like, All you people, can't you see? Can't you see? N-K-O-T-B-S-B. That's like, it flows well, okay? I had never heard them actually, like, stick that into... That's what you see during that performance. Okay. It just, they kind of, like, go back and forth with their songs. Like, they go... Oh, 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 everybody, oh, it just kind of like wove very well together at that point. And then like they each sing a bit of like their slow jams. Um, What else do you need to know about 1998? We got like like, Empire Records. We got the Backstreet Boys here. All the girls like clean up the the store while listening to Spice Girls. Yeah. The um, Spice World album. Which was the last album that Jerry Hallowell did with the group. I'm not sure I actually know any Spice Girls songs. You don't even know Wannabe? If you wanna be my lover. Oh, is that them? You gotta get with my friend. You know the song. Okay. The song is in everything. <laughs> I do know that one, yeah. <laughs> and then um, 
Colors of the world, spice up your life. Every boy and every girl, spice up your life. People of the world, spice up your life. Ah, uh, it to the left if you're having a good time. Shake it to the right. <laughs> Most of the school is singing Spice Girls. And then there was the um, Say You'll Be There. I'm giving you everything, all that joy can bring. Yes, I swear. And then everybody had to pick their favorite Spice Girl. Mine was sporty. Who would mine be? Any baby. Is it based on looks or based on voice or did they have like a? They each, each had a distinctive personality. Like sporty, like always wore like sports bra and like sweatpants and like wore her hair up in a ponytail. She's the one doing fucking backflips in the music videos and, and that's stuff. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Uh, she was a gymnast. She was she like did gymnastics when she was a kid and she was so she was sporty spice. Baby had blonde hair and um kind of wore like revealing little dresses. Uh, yep. Uh, sport, uh, uh, Posh Spice, that's Victoria Beckham. She was, uh, Victoria, what was her real last name back then? I don't remember her original last name. Because <laughs> she's been married to David Beckham for a long freaking time. <laughs> but, um, Victoria Beckham was Posh Spice. She just wore the little black dress. And then there's even a joke about it in Spice World when, um, she's like, well, what are we going to wear? Something like that. And then Sporty Spice, I'm sure that's a big problem for you, Victoria. What am I going to wear today? The little Gucci dress. The little Gucci dress. Oh, the little Gucci dress. And Victoria goes, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, Scary Spice was the black one, which is interesting that that's the connotation that she's scary. Huh. Um, she just has that wild hair everywhere. And I thought she was actually the prettiest, really, of the, the more naturally pretty one. And once you scrape yeah. all their makeup off and you're just like, oh, she's actually, like, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, And the best singer actually was Sporty. Like, she has the better voice of all of them that had, like, more power behind it. Uh, But the one that had, like, the more, like, pizzazz, the star power, it is uh, Ginger Spice, the Jerry Hallowell. <clears throat> okay. I, this I'm one's getting more someone. like... We got M in the place who likes it in your face. We got G like MC who likes it on an easy V. Doesn't come for free. She's a real lady. As for me, hi, you'll see. Sign your body down and wind it all around. Sign your body down and wind it all around. It, this is never going away. I'm going to know it forever. But um, the first album was more like 96. So yeah, 98 was um, Spice World. <sighs> I believe 1998 was when... Uh, was when Pokemon released in uh, North America. Yeah, I was in eighth grade. So that's what I was up to. I remember people being into it. <sighs> For the next. In my grade. You know, how old am I? That many years. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, it was a it was a big thing. I There was a bunch of like neighborhood kids that collected when I was growing up. But I also grew up in, not immediately in, but very close to one of the poorer neighborhoods and so i had a lot of friends who would often get their stuff stolen at like because they would go and spend a bunch of time at like boys and girls club because like they, their parents weren't around and things like that and so they there was a lot of that there was a lot of like i remember there's a bunch of counterfeit cards going around because of that oh. um i still have my favorite card from that era and there's at least one card that if it were in good shape would be fairly valuable that is stuck inside my piano I had uh, a friend's older brother. He, uh, I had, we had some cards sitting on that little fold-out thing that covers up the piano yeah, keys. Yeah, I know what you mean. And he folded it back up while the keys, the the cards were in it, and it dropped them inside the piano. And we, it's not like a grand piano; it's a standing piano, so it's way more difficult to actually get in get under in the strings. So somewhere in there are Pokemon cards. <laughs> That's the kind of thing kids do. Um. What else was going on in 98? Uh, Titanic was the biggest movie. Uh, everyone had a crush on Leonardo DiCaprio except me. Um, Still haven't seen it. I had a guy guy came into school and was talking all excitedly about uh, Titanic. It was And <laughs> described the entire ending loudly in front of everybody. I'm like, well, who at this point hasn't seen it? If you're going to see it, you've I mean, seen it by now. If, if you, you haven't, to. even if you haven't seen it, Boat Sinks. Right, yeah, but some people say that's a spoiler. That's what, like, that why everyone was getting upset during the 200th anniversary of the sinking of the ship. They're all like, that's a spoiler! I'm like, it's history! How do you not know the Titanic sunk? It's, like, the biggest example of human hubris, like, ever. I, I had a friend who was upset that somebody ruined the ending of the movie Pompeii for her. 
Yeah, the volcano erupts. Yeah, the volcano erupts. Again, that's history. It's history, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can be spoiled by things that should be... Spo- he was giving spoilers of, like, what characters did in the movie. Yeah. Which is a bit different from the historical... Right. ...incident itself. And, <laughs> yeah, so he was, like, shouting it out. It was really funny. And he was talking about how great the soundtrack was. But I don't know how great that soundtrack is when it just has that one huge song. So I don't know anything else that's on there. I couldn't even tell you who scored that film. My heart will go on, parentheses, but my boat won't. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to Celine Dion for the tour that she's doing? No. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. I can live without it. Hey, how about that Super Bowl? That one I didn't see? Yeah, with that halftime show. Oh, was it Jennifer Lopez? It was J-Lo and Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. And I was like, they're perfectly talented. And I understand the idea of you're hosting it in Florida, which has a large uh, Latino population. And so you want, you like, so they're choosing bilingual musicians. I was just kind of like, have either of them done any big songs in 15 years? No. Oh. Well, I mean, a few years ago, they had Missy Elliott, and we're like, really? She hasn't had an album out. So. Yeah, but to be fair- for a verse, no album out. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair with Missy Elliott, like, she's one of those people who's, like, who who is so reclusive for the most part that, like, when she pops out, like, even if she doesn't have a whole lot of new music, people are she pretty stoked. She shake it like Jello, make the boys say hello, because they know she's they, she rocking the beat. Yeah. You heard, no, you heard a people... lot about a great MCs, but she got nothing on me. <laughs> I'm five foot two and want to dance with you and I'm sophisticated fun. Eight feel mignon and I'm nice and young. Best believe I'm number one. I mean, she's pretty great. Josh is going to look at me like, oh my God, she really knows the words. <laughs> I was young once. <laughs> <laughs> this is a photo of me when I was younger. Every photo is of you when you were younger. <laughs> There's a picture of a family on a VCR. Everyone looking slightly to the left. So something was happening on the left that made everybody happy. <laughs> go listen to Mitch Hedberg after this. Seriously, go, don't go. don't even listen to this. Just, <laughs> Just go listen to Mitch Hedberg. I used to like him. I still do. But I, I used, used to, to, too. There were a bunch of commercials for, like, NASCAR or something during the Super Bowl. What about NASCAR? And so I kept thinking of uh, Mitch Hedberg's... Uh, race car passenger bit can't you go right <laughs> yeah why, yeah you sure we... like tide <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the first can't, mind if i open the window <laughs> that's the first uh mitch Hedberg bit that my parents ever showed me was that one the one that you sure like tide really killed me <laughs> because if anyone who hasn't seen nascar the cars are all just covered in advertisements because yep. that's who um I don't know, endorses the driver so they can they get the money monies. Yeah, so if you if like your car has tide on it, it means that you have a good driver with good laundry, and if you don't, they're stinky. Stinky, they're stinky drivers. Stinky boys. Stinky driver. Could you talk to What? I was gonna do the holy diver next yeah. bit. I every time I see holy bible I yep. think Yep. Yeah. I don't even need to tell you because you do the same. Yep. Yep. Um how much more do we still need to film more? Yeah, but I was going to talk about it anyway. So okay, cool. uh, for anybody that uh, lives in or visits the Seattle area, the Emerald City Comic Con is going to be later this month. I'll be going all four days. I will be tabling at wherever I choose to stand at any given moment. Um, <laughs> 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 but what the heavy vinyl reminded me of is uh, Boom Studios did not table last year and they're not tabling this year either. And I'm really disappointed because they have a lot of cool titles that are outside of the, I like some superhero stuff, but I like having options that aren't and they aren't tabling. So I won't have as many options. Hmm. And that's a bummer. I don't think that uh, Valiant Comics is tabling either. And I bought like $200 from them last worth of stuff from them last time. And I probably good they're not there then. You can save your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noelle Stevenson is going to be there. And oh. we want, uh, my girlfriend and I want to get some of the nice Lumberjane hardcovers and have her, like, sign them or doodle in them or something. Fun. Because Lumberjane's are pretty great. And I've... What the junk? <laughs> my girlfriend's read, like, the first, like, 10 or 12 trays. However however many are out minus one, probably, because she gets them from the library. 
I've only read a few issues, but I, I need to get the hardcovers because I really like that they look like little survival handbooks. They're really <laughs> cute. They, I, I have, I've read, I own and, and read the first two trades. So not a whole lot of them, but yeah, they're like the. I like that the like most femme of the whole bunch of them is like the best arm wrestler. I think her name's April. Yeah, and they're like, "How do you do that?" And she's like, "I can teach you, but I'd have to charge." And I'm like, "Mom, milkshake brings." Them <laughs> <to the hour." laughs> this whole episode is just gonna be singing. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I like Boom Studios. They also have they have an imprint that's called Archaea, which is. Um, Primarily graphic novels, not single issues. Um, but I like that they don't have uh, they don't have a set format for how they do their hardcovers. So like some of them will have like like locking clasps, and some of them will have like uh, uh, some have dust jackets, and some have just like weird dimensions to like fit whatever the comic is best. Yeah, and I like okay. that they do that, and they like accommodate whatever they have as opposed to just being like, well, you're gonna be in the you know the eight by 10 trade paperback and that's all you get so make it work make it work (laughs) okay designers designers (laughs) i stopped watching it when he wasn't on anymore i didn't watch it religiously but like i used to like sit in while someone else was watching it and then when he wasn't on anymore i was like well what am i here for yeah um i liked christian sorrentino i think that's his name Uh who um he'd been on the show previously and he'd, he'd won but he'd been a much younger man. He was like in his early twenties, but like, and he was kind of annoying. But um, he's matured. He's grown. Yeah. I like him. I particularly like him as a designer because he. Uh, I think um, Leslie Jones was gonna go to. I think it was the Oscars. She couldn't get anyone to dress her. They all refused to do it. And Christian was like, "I'll do it." He's like, "I'm not afraid of different body types. Yeah, I'll do it." And he's designed, he's uh, made dresses for Christina Hendricks, who, if anyone hasn't seen her, she has got the best fucking body in the whole world. Just, she's like the hourglass and like real, like womanly dimensional, like she looks fantastic. She's the one from Mad Mad Men. Men, Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where, um, like in a lot of modern clothes, that particular build doesn't work so good. Yeah. Because it ends up looking fat. She's not fat. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying she is. But you have to dress a very particular way when you're built like that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to look right. So everything needs to be fitted and, yeah. like, well-constructed. And uh, Christian knew that and, like, put her in something beautiful. Yeah, and he just dresses for everybody. Uh, he's very scathing about uh, the designers who refuse to do that or struggle to do that. Because he thinks it shows that they're weak, as and they are. Right, because it's like you can only design for this exact shape, so all you're doing is you're you're working with the same yeah you're doing the same format every time, and then you just add other things to it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I like him, and uh, so he acted as the Tim, which I think in one sense it worked because who better than anyone's going to know what they're all going through because he's been through the competition, Mm -hmm. Um, and also he has the professional work of you know designing like in the real world yeah uh particularly at the level that they're all wanting to reach so i can see why but he still was significantly younger than quite a few of the uh competitors Mm -hmm. and i saw a lot of the time they were disregarding his opinions probably for that reason I was just like, what do you know, you fuck? It's like, he won. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he, and he goes like, this is what, the, he, he's always like, this is what um, the, the judges, judges look at. Yeah. They don't like safe. They don't like boring. You're going to need to spice this up in some way. Yeah. How about you drape it like this or you do this and then they don't do it. And then the judges sit there like, this was boring. And the judge, the contestant's like, what? It's almost like I was warned this would happen. So, um, Yeah. They have that new Lego building competition with Will Arnett hosting it, <laughs> uh, which sounds pretty up my alley. Because he's Lego Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and he has children. Yeah. Uh, my girl- he's Lego Batman. <laughs> my girlfriend also watched that craft show. Oh, with Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman? Yep. I watched the first episode of that. And it, um, you know, it was wholesome <laughs> and nice, but it wasn't anything I'd want to keep watching. Yeah. So I was just like, it was I, okay. I did like the fact that there was absolutely zero, like- drama between the people everybody was really supportive of each other because you're it's not just like with fashion everybody is making a dress but with the crafts it's like 
some people are working with felt, some people are working yeah. with foam, some people are working with so there is there isn't any direct competition. It's yeah. all just make the best of whatever you're good at. Yeah. So I liked that. We started watching um the Netflix cartoon Kipo and the Age of Wonder. I'm sorry, I have no idea. I don't know. Um <laughs> it's 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 a new Netflix cartoon, which I don't know. I think it's okay, but Something about it isn't grabbing me. I want to try that new She-Ra. I never watched any, oh, like, He-Man yeah, or just, anything. But... You were just talking about um, Noelle Stevenson. She's yeah. a producer on that. Yeah, but the new She-Ra looks pretty cool. I remember it upset all the uh, all the fanboys because, like, She-Ra wasn't designed all sexy like she had been in the 80s. Like, she isn't all, like, tits and stuff. Um, she looks more, like, muscular and... Um, armor and stuff is more like for practical purposes but you're, really you're telling me that like a warrior hero actually is built like and dressed like a warrior hero that's yeah. i which, don't know if i can take that which made everybody mad i'm an adult virgin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when someone said something pretty shitty go figure they're all like oh so a boyish lesbian made a character that looks like a boyish lesbian what a surprise it was like a dude saying that i'm like Cool. Drop dead. <laughs> it's on the internet and everything. I try not to use the internet more than I have to. I read the comments on stuff more than I should. But... You you really do. You Take it from me as somebody who used to read the comments on everything. You'll be a much happier, healthier person if you don't read the comments. But mostly... No, if I know it's going to be a complete sh- shit show, I don't look at them. But usually I look at them like on a... And then I find like the funniest comments that like enhances my enjoyment of the video uh-huh. and then i that's what i feel like that's what the comments should serve as, yeah. a, as a place for everyone to have a fun time and sometimes i have like um in the for like the newest so okay so we all know shoes oh yeah. my god shoes yeah someone made this funny post where they're like oh they had they posted like a screen cap for shoes and said the father and then the next one was can i get a box can i get a box is the sun, and then this latest one called Where's My Jewel is, like, the Holy Spirit, like, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, you've seen Where's My Jewel, right? Yeah. Where's my jewel? So not cool. Where's my jewel? And then um, I, I scroll down to the comments, and one of them said, when the guy's sitting on the couch, he still looks concerned, but he's still bumping to it. I lost my mind, because that was my favorite part, too. And he's just like... He's just... <laughs> well, she's like... It's like... When she gets to the screamy bit, it's the best. And I don't even like screamy music. I always like stop it. But like when she does it, she does it perfect. And when she comes out of the the shed and fires that gun in the air, really grabs my jaw. I like I died too. Uh, that is one of my favorite things of comments when I do read them is when somebody else noticed the little thing that I noticed. Yes, yes, and yes. I'm like, cool. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. There are dozens of us. Yeah, there are literally dozens. Michael, what was I reading with someone like? quoted about never nudes was it this yeah it was the first one yeah and i was just some people are never new they were jean shorts and everything i go i've seen arrested development too chris <laughs> we're referring to the to all the boys i've loved before not to heavy vinyl which also features a chris right sorry yeah. we have yeah. the stack of books that we have read and so we i forget that you aren't here with us looking at our amazing pile that is almost to my windowsill yeah, it's getting close, and it was a bad idea for us to use the pocket paperback of So You Wanted to Be a Wizard right in the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> That's not always, structurally sound. I always very worriedly look at that while I'm looking at the, um, and I have my top ten list, like, propped against yeah. it when I move my, okay, group, get away from there, too. Okay, get move the Barbies. <laughs> yeah, so when, I mean, are you gonna let it go past the window, or are you gonna just start a second stack once it gets up to... I mean, it's time to go to the window, to the wall. Did a wow. The sweat drip down my ball. Ow. Oh, you bitches cross. Ow. Oh, skeet, skeet, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> They're all like, I never listen to this again if I have to listen to this bitch <laughs> do another rap. <laughs> when I was a little girl, I sit in the back seat of the car. Well, where else would I sit? The roof. But I just... <laughs> I sat in the wheel well. <laughs> Daddy, don't go over any bumps. <laughs> but um, I, my dad, we spent this whole summer, like, my dad drove, like, just went ev- all everywhere all the time. And I think it was because he'd gotten off house arrest 
for um, stealing from the government. So um, so he's probably stoked to be free. So we went a lot of places. <laughs> but since my dad was a boring basic bitch, all we went was like the video store, a grocery store and a gas station. Those are the limits of his existence. So <laughs> we so we go everywhere, and um, this was like '93, and he listened to Cube '93. Mm-hmm. Today is like the uh, it was the rap station. Yeah, at that time, I think it's more like there's it's still rap, but I think there's like more like R and B and well, because the music scenes changed. Yeah, so um, so it was like the rap station, and at that time, Salt and Peppa. Mm-hmm. Had their bad, their, mm-hmm. like, their most recent album mm-hmm. out, and then I'm in the back seat like, here I go, here I go, here I go again, girls. What's my weakness, man? Okay then, chilling, chilling, but my, my business. You sort of looked around and I couldn't believe it. I swear, I was there, my niece, my witness, the brother had a gun. I'm not shy, so I asked for the dick. Oh no, that don't make me see what I want. Slip slide, do it quickly. <laughs> so. So yeah, I was rapping that. <laughs> What's that fine with the little kid in the back seat who like has the sunglasses on? <laughs> he, like gets to that. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the song is. I don't know songs anymore. I used to. I don't even still do, but I used to. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even heard like I had heard of, but I hadn't heard Old Town Road, which is like one of them big songs. I only knew about it because I watched Todd in the Shadows on YouTube, and he uh, did a review of the song. I mostly know about it in the context of somebody saying, it's not a country song, it's a rap song that doesn't scare white people. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a fair description. <laughs> Got a horse in the back. Horse in the back. <laughs> Went down through the old town road. And then I think... Um, adding Billy Ray Cyrus to it was added later. Yeah. And um, that's what, like, put the song over the edge to make it really cool to uh, Todd in the Shadows. Yeah. Go watch Todd in the Shadows. He doesn't need my help, but <laughs> you should go. Yeah. We probably need yeah. his help. How many comments on his <laughs> videos are gonna say, I found this, thanks to Hello Fellow Kids? None. No, he was he was part of that um, YouTube video circle with that uh, nostalgia critic of Channel Awesome, I think he was one of those guys. So he had he's had quite a big audience for a while, so he does not need our help. I never liked nostalgia critic. It turns out he was a horrible human being, so I have to look up which one that is. He wears a hat and glasses and I think he's always known as the guy in the hat or the guy with the glass, something like that. Um, and then there was Nostalgia Chick that was part of that channel as well. And I find her insufferable. So oh, I don't, I don't, I don't like Nostalgia Chick at all. I don't know Nostalgia Critic. Oh, really? That's interesting to me. It was like 2000, maybe 5 to like 10 or whatever, where he was like the most popular. He just did a lot of like pop culture videos. Yeah. Like rec- uh, reviewing films, and like maybe video games. I yeah, don't I, shout at me if I don't know. I didn't. I didn't, get, I didn't get into like YouTube reviews or like video essays and stuff until a couple of years ago. I mostly watched. I watched a handful of goofy things, as people would show them to me, and then I started watching. I watched a lot of like uh, let's play, like video game stuff, and then I was like, oh, people also sometimes have intelligent things to say, and then sometimes they think they do, and they just sound dumb. <laughs> well, uh. Todd in the Shadows is a good one. Um, he literally is just like this shadowy silhouette sitting at his keyboard and he like plays like part of the song that he's gonna be talking about. He's like, Welcome back to Todd in the Shadows. Today we're gonna be discussing <laughs> that's how it sounds to me. <laughs> you were discussing the worst songs of nineteen ninety four. That's where I'm at, like watching oh jeez. Jenga. <laughs> Jenga Unchained? No. Is that a joke people already made? No, I just, I don't care about that movie. Okay. I'm never going to watch that film. I don't like Quentin Tarantino. I don't anymore. I didn't? I feel I like... I still don't, but I didn't also. <laughs> I feel like I've already seen everything he has to offer, so why would I keep watching anything when I've already seen it? Well, all he has to offer is... Uh... Foot fetishism? No. Too much <laughs> well... swearing? And over-the-top violence? Those things, and then <laughs> and then uh, callbacks to whatever film style he is 
like riffing off. Yeah. yeah. Like that's all he does. I don't, I've watched three or four of his movies and I'm like, okay, I get it. You're referencing that type of film. But then that's the sort of thing that like award ceremonies love. They love movies about movies. They do. Yeah. We were just, yeah, we were just movies about, about movies and biopics and movies that say we cured racism are right. their three favorite Those types. Three favorites. And then the one time that they did uh, Lord of the Rings and they actually got something right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and even then they should have been, win- that should have been winning every year, but they're all like, we're going to save it up for the last yeah. one. That was stupid. I think that's a dumb decision. Guys, Lord of the Rings trilogy is one of the best film trilogies ever yes, made. It is the best <laughs> film trilogy. Don't even fight me on it, nerds. Fuck off with your Star Wars. It's not that good. <laughs> the only thing that was ever in contention for me was the Toy Story trilogy, and then they made a Toy made Story 4, four so which is no longer anymore. a trilogy. It's still four very good films, but because it is a four-part series, it now has moved out of trilogy land, which means that Lord of the Rings is now completely uncontested. I really like How to Train Your Dragon trilogy, but I wouldn't say that it's better than Lord of the Rings. So I can't even think of more three never ending stories. I have I haven't I have not seen The Godfather. I've heard enough people say that the third Godfather film isn't it's a dog. Isn't as good. So yeah, everyone says it's terrible. I don't even like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um go watch uh if you haven't seen it, the family guy part where they're um they're in their panic room in their house. And it just, it's filling with water and they're all about to die. And Peter goes, before we die, there's one more thing I have to tell you. I did not like the Godfather. Didn't like it. And then they have this whole huge discussion amongst themselves about why he didn't like it. And nothing has spoke. I never felt more seen. Than, <laughs> than <in> this moment. <laughs> the Hangover Trilogy. Oh. I watched the first one of those didn't think it was that funny and then saw the ad for the second one. And I was like, Oh, it's the first film. Right. Yes. That was my reaction too, but not, I mean, that was my reaction to the second movie. Yeah. First one. I thought it was hilarious. I saw it twice. Cause I saw it first time with like a group of my friends. No, no, I saw it. I saw it with my, my friend Amira and we just laughed through the whole thing. And like, we missed some jokes cause of us laughing so we're like, cool, let's see this a second time, and we'll catch the stuff that we didn't catch the first time. We were fucking dumb, because we brought my ex, who has a loud hyena laugh, and our friend Sarah, who has the loudest laugh in the history and so, of laughs. So they hadn't seen it, they laughed at the same things you laughed we at the heard, first time? We heard even less. Okay. And at one point, Amira, like, leaned across the seats to look at Sarah and went, Shut up, Sarah! <laughs> But that wasn't during the movie. That was for the trailer for The Final Destination. She loudly and scornfully laughed all through the trailer for The Final Destination. And that is when Amira got embarrassed and leaned over and said, Shut up! Because she didn't want to hear it anymore. Did I tell the story about how I went to the movie theaters and my friend threw a shoe at the screen? <laughs> no! <laughs> what was, were they showing George Bush on the screen? <laughs> no, this was, this was in seventh grade. And this was when uh, my friends wanted to go see Transformers because the first Transformers movie was coming out. And I was a teenage boy. And I was like, this looks like the dumbest thing ever, even though I am the intended audience for every Michael Bay film. And I was like, this looks like the dumbest thing ever. I'm not paying money to see this. And they're like, come on, it's not going to be as fun without you. I'm like, no, I'm not seeing that. And they're like, well, if you go with us to see that, we'll see another movie that you want to see. I was like, cool, we're seeing Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And they're like, you've seen that. I was like, yeah, twice. We're going to Order of the Phoenix because I don't want to see Transformers. So we went. Transformers was awful. Halfway through the movie, I didn't remember what was going on. And uh, we were originally sitting in the very front row. And uh, the girl that I kind of had a crush on at the time, uh, for whatever reason, I think she was trying to get to just be the center of attention she ended up throwing her shoe at the screen which is why we then ended up sitting in the very 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 back row afterwards is because i was like we need to not be visible to other humans please can we just put her in the back in the dark (laughs) so oh my god movies i also saw order of the phoenix no i didn't no i didn't never mind it was half blood prince i saw three times once was enough pincers yep I saw it first, um, midnight with Amira and, <laughs> and my ex and second time 
was with a whole group of us. Um, a friend of ours was, uh, it was his birthday. We all went to his birthday party at his apartment and then we all went to the movie. There's a great moment where they were showing like Bellatrix up on the, on the screen. And my friend Grady made this big show of leaning over to my ex and going, she's so crazy. yet so sexy. Very loud in the theater. <laughs> And then a uh, third time, it was my ex's birthday, and they're all like, hey, you should see a movie for your birthday. And he said, basically the thing. I was like, you've seen it. He goes, and we're seeing it again. <laughs> and I was like, and, and like me and his mom were both like looking at each other like, I don't want to see it again. And I fell asleep during it for the third time because I was so sick of it. <laughs> this was all very close together. Did you then? Out. Did you then do the thing where you purposely don't watch it for a while to allow it to build back up into your good graces of it. I still have not seen it since I saw it the third okay. time. I've had to do that with songs before where I purposely didn't listen to it for years so that I could then eventually remember why I liked it in the first place. All right. I think we've filled enough time. Uh, you have a lot to choose from. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. Um, let us know if you like the idea of having a section where we're not just talking about the book, where we're just kind of talking about things. I, you know, we kind of purposely don't do that outside of just deviations based on the text, because there are a lot of podcasts out there that it's like, hey, we're two twenty and 30 something, so we're just going to chat. And it's like, that's not inherently interesting. Um, but if you guys happen to like it, let us know. And maybe we'll do this periodically and just tack it on at the end as like extra content. Yeah, I mean, you said you said we still have a whole discussion on Gone Girl. Yeah, we talked we for like thirty minutes about Gone Girl that I've set aside in the in the event that we need a like a bonus episode. I'm or curious like, about that because I don't remember what we said. It's been long enough. It's basically just this is like a perfect book, <laughs> and Gillian <laughs> Flynn is incredible. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think for next month we're gonna actually try for Fablehaven 3? Let's try for Fablehaven We were going to do it this month, and then we ran out of time, so we read this book because it was 112 comic book pages. That was a lot easier than 500 pages of prose. Well, it was after, like, a Chenny Han 2 first, so we're yeah. like, okay, that was that was a lot. Yeah. So we wanted something easy. Yeah. And so Fablehaven would not have been easy. No, but... Fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, because the first two have been real bangers. Yes, they slap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that being said... Hello Fellow Kids is hosted by Mara and Josh, produced by Josh, music provided by Ben Ash. Visit him at benash.com. If you'd like to contact us, please do so. hfkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at hfkpodcast. We're available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.